Welcome to Pauli Malinaji from Brooklyn to the world. Proudly representing his hometown of Brooklyn, New York. Pauli Malinaji takes you inside the ring and beyond. I'm definitely far from shy. We're going to be ranting about a lot of stuff. Not just about boxing, I'm opinionated on life in general, many sports topics and politics. Pauli doesn't hold back. The two time world champion, Pauli the Magic Man. Brooklyn to the world. We are back. Uh, what is this? Uh, what? 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 63? Six. Even I know it's 63. <laughs> oh, 62? This is Peter Cards. We got set to twit. And who you just heard just now, the man himself. He was on as a guest. Uh, when was it? About a few weeks ago. Yeah, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Kriegel is here. Have another beer, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Mark He's here Kriegel. live in the studio now. Author, journalist, right. television commentator, doing lots of great stuff for Showtime. We'll get into that very soon. Absolutely. Podcaster? Well, Come on, you're showing me short here. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't say that on your Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> you got to update that thing. Yeah. Our fact checker. It goes right to Wikipedia. Where else am I going to go? What so what's up, do? Mark? Well, you know, I root for your boy, Paulie, who I'm Saturday. sitting. I'm sitting in for here. Yeah, you're in but his I, chair. But I do have to. I do have to wonder you, being best friends. Mm-hmm. He was your best man. Yeah. All of that stuff. Why you can't talk a grown man out of fighting? When you know it's it's not like rolling around in the outfield. Mm-hmm. You're risking personal injury. He's your, he's your, why couldn't you talk him out of this? You know, it's funny. Um, when he lost to Porter, mm-hmm. obviously it's the worst he's ever mm-hmm. looked and felt. And I, we went home and I said, I'm not goofing on the guy, by the way. No, no okay. of course. Um, we went home and I, you know, do my depressed three days mm-hmm. before I get back into my mix of life. And, um, he was done at this point. We walked around, went to get lunch, and he's just he was groggy. You know, he had he'd been concussed, and um, I said, you know, so so we're done. He's like, I'm I'm fucking done, man. I can't can't do this shit. For the record, Sean Porter denied, uh, refused random testing for that fight. Paulie was not a mandatory, so if we kept pushing the issue, he could have just been like, I'm not fighting him. I'll fight someone else. The next fight he had, Porter, was against Kell Brook. Mm-hmm. Kell Brook was the mandatory. So Eddie Hearn enforced random testing. I believe in England, once you get to a certain level, they do year-round testing anyway. I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. That it's it's the random, it's the testing. I don't, you know, it's either you got to come hard with that or not. I mean, you're saying that, that Sean did something he shouldn't have done. In my opinion, yeah. That's just my so. opinion. I, I think Sean. I, I I don't think so. But he trains with Victor Conti, you know. But whatever. Um, these are all things that we just had in our head. Victor Conti is like an apostle of of clean living now, or clean <laughs> strength, <laughs> yeah. or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but, um, but go on. Right. So it was just a bad loss. Uh, it was horrible. I mean, Sean's a, a young, strong, absolutely guy in absolutely. his prime. I think you got to put that in context. And, and I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but the no, way I saw that yeah. fight was the way I've seen dozens or hundreds of fights or the way other people have seen fights from the beginning of time, which is an older guy fighting a younger guy at the peak of his strength. And and, and what we're talking about, and the reason I asked you this this question somewhat facetiously in the beginning, 
is that you know it's okay to test your age in baseball but this is something different what holds true for the other sports is double triple infinite in, in 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 boxing you risk something else and what i'm trying to to get at is why does your friend a guy you know like a brother what what's in it that he keeps coming back even after getting his ass kicked physically, emotionally, even spiritually mm-hmm. in a fight like the Porter fight. That's what I'm asking. Okay, so so we get home, and we're done. You know, he's done. And maybe a couple of weeks go by, and mm-hmm. he starts talking and seeing, you know, what's out there, and he says he's going to fight again. I said, well, I'm not going to be a part of that. And I literally, when he decided that he was going to do it anyway, it was like a couple of months, mm-hmm. I didn't talk to him for like two weeks. My mm-hmm. wife was like, you know, it's really awkward. He comes downstairs because when he wants to stay in Brooklyn. What do you guys like, the honeymooners? Yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like Norton. So he comes down. It's a reality he's, show waiting to happen. He's like Norton. Right. So he comes down. <laughs> and he's fucking going through my fridge and, and eating everything. And then, oh, you know, I'm uh, talking to this He's going to fight like a middleweight. <laughs> he, the way he drops weight is, is sick. You so wait, he's coming. Now. I just want to get, I want to get the, the picture straight. So he's at your house. Yeah, we, we he's coming it. down, going into the refrigerator, yeah. make himself what like a sandwich, whatever. Who okay, knows? sits in front of the television and reminds yeah. you of any movie. It, 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 it. Reminds you of any movie? <laughs> what, <laughs> Raging Bull. Like, yeah, yeah. Keep eating. Keep eating. You gotta you defend it next month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much right, it. Keep right? eating, you fat fuck. But I'm telling him eat because I don't I don't want him to fight. I'm like, babe, make him more pasta. There's got to be more pasta somewhere, <laughs> you know. So, and he's like, no, you know, I think. Uh, I think I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to see what I could get out there. I said, you, you have a great job. Mm-hmm. What, you have money. You have multiple properties. And he's good at that job. Right. He's the best. Yeah. You have multiple. You mean podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> among other things. So yeah. he really, by the way, uh, and I'm not just shilling for the guy because I'm filling in for the, on the seat, but I, and I said this to you last time. One of the reasons he's so great is, is part personality, but also because he sees the mathematics of a fight, whereas a guy who was just a pure like a pure hitter, a pure slugger, doesn't have to doesn't have to see the progression, doesn't have to see what has to be set up. Um, you know, he 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 sees angles that other guys wouldn't have because he didn't have the ability, you know, to go in to there just and just take someone off, out with right? one shot. But I'm sorry, go on. I, I interrupted you, as I way. usually no, do. No, no, I agree with you with that. Um, we were at the pasta. But he says, yeah, he says that uh, he, he's going to fight. And I said, well, I don't want anything to do with it. You told me you were done. Peter, let me, I, I may just, we're going through the interrogation here, but, and I'm not, you know, I, you're holding the ball and I want you to be your children, <laughs> smack me with it, break it over my head. But do you think that maybe this could be, obviously your your wife must be very beautiful, but maybe she's not a good enough cook to make Paulie stop uh, fighting. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> The kid, oh, those the, are fighting words yeah. for sure. The kid will eat shit. I'm telling you, he'll eat shit when he's hungry, <laughs> and pounds of it too. But no, I and I just was so aggravated. Mm-hmm. My my blood was boiling. I wouldn't even look him in the face, and I was right. just watching TV. And my wife's like, "Babe, this is getting awkward now. You just ignored mm-hmm. him for 20 minutes." And I'm like, "I don't give a fuck." And see, you know, all the fans and everybody, they all, "Polly, give us one more. Polly, give us one more." Oh, you can't retire, champ. You can't retire. I'm the one that takes him to the hospital. I'm the one that deals with him when, you know, when he's fucked up. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I understand fans are fans. But and I told him, I said, nobody cares about you the way I do. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how many properties you have. You can shove them up your fucking ass for all I care. Right. Either you're going to be 
functional as my my best friend? Are you, what are you going to be a fucking vegetable? You know, like what, what's your alternatives? And he was like, you know, I just want to see what's out there. I don't want to end like that. And his manager Anthony had actually pulled me aside. He said, "Listen, he's deciding that that he's going to fight. Like, what are you what are you going to do?" He goes, "He's never had fights where you're not in the corner. You have that familiar face. You know." Mm -hmm. He goes, "I I respect mm -hmm. whatever you decide, but what are you going to do?" And I said. Anthony, I'll be honest with you. I don't want to see my best friend get hit anymore. I'm tired mm -hmm. of it. And he's like, well, I'm just letting you know that he's going to do it anyway. And, uh, you know. Did I, you have it out with the manager? No, no, no. It's not his decision. It's not. You, you know, you're 34 years old at the time? 35 years old? He's 35 now. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's your decision. It's your body. It's your health. And the thing is, he's not, like you said, when you have it all, you have this, you have that. He's not fighting for money. See, he gets competitive if we play PlayStation, Mark. No, if I, I beat him in a, in a soccer game, or boxing, I used to kill him in the in the video game. <laughs> mm -hmm. He would lose his mind, <laughs> bro. You told me because you picked that guy. Let me pick. <laughs> let me pick fucking this guy. I bet you I'll kick your ass. I'm like, really? I had a conversation with him about this. We we um, I helped him construct write an essay piece. So I hope you'll see Fight Night. Um, maybe maybe before if if they release it on on YouTube why why he's doing this and I say listen I'm not going to write some bullshit about going back to the ring I, tell me I'll translate it into like English but I need you to tell me <laughs> and actually he wrote he wrote a really considered essay about this but we started talking about it and what what he got down to was that there was an addictive quality and it's not I don't think it he meant physically addictive although there's an element of that but ego addictive and what he what what we wound up when we started talking about it, I said I, I think I understand you, you're talking about a Paulie like someone you love like it's a chick like it's a woman mm -hmm. and I think that that was the most clear analogy that that we got out of this there was an addictive element like that high but it's also it's like I don't know how to say this even on a pol politically incorrect show, but it's like the best and worst girl you ever slept with, you know, yeah. <laughs> you never go back the same yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're always, you're always searching for that high. So we got to this point where, you know, the analogy for Paulie and, and I will, I'll accept it as, as a guy, it was like a, a great bad girlfriend or a bad great girlfriend however you want but but she'll take you to that place when you're with her and you think that she loves you you do things that you never thought you, you would you do things you <laughs> right yeah. and and then she can be unfaithful and she can hurt you mm -hmm. and you keep coming back and she hurts you again and guess what schmuck you came back again right but there's a high that you can't replace the problem is, and all athletes do that. I mean, I, I've most of my living for the past, I don't know, 10, 15 years has been as a, a biographer of, of iconic, at least I'd like to think so, athletes. And without question, the most difficult part in every story, the really depressive, occasionally suicidal times come when the athlete is no longer an athlete. And that means that all of a sudden, guess what? He's getting old too. The, the difference between athletes and, and me and you um, is that we get older, we get fatter, we get grayer, we get old, they stay young. 
as long as they're playing. The right. difference is, you know, if you're playing golf, that's all fucking great. You're not really risking anything except right. a humiliation. And, you know, you, this is hurt. This you can get hurt. It's funny you brought that up because I said to him, you know, you're going to retire now. Why don't you take up golf? I said, look at Winky Wright. He's a pro golfer. Is that right? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. he won a tournament and everything. I said, Good fighter, too. Yeah. But you have to transition. When you're that involved in something, Was when it? you're a fighter, you're involved, man. But I mean, in sports, too. In football, I mean, it's, right. it's the hardest right. thing to do is get into Lawrence real life. Taylor is an addict of right. golf. He was an addict of drugs. Among other things. Yeah. You know, football, and what did he do? He plays 36 holes a day. You know what some guys have said? It's, it's a routine. These guys yes. don't have a routine anymore. A routine, and they don't know what the hell to do with themselves. A routine that keeps them out of trouble. Yes. I, I don't buy thing. it's just a routine. And I think that, you know, Paulie has a routine with the broadcasting. Paulie has, I, I think, a full life. I, I don't, and this is just from, this is from talking your, to your friend, whom I know somewhat now. Mm-hmm. You know better, but I, based on my conversation with him and with a million other athletes, it's not even the, the routine. It's how do you replace that high? Later right. on, it's a question of routine. What right. do you do with your days? You know, wh- wh- what becomes your new vocation? I, that's something different. But when I'm talking to Paulie, he's mostly concerned with there's that moment of high. And how do I get that Jones again? I mean, he, he spoke about well, it like, big like, a, the, like a drug. Right. How big is that pill to swallow when you actually say it's over? Yeah, but but here's the other thing too, like for me or for you, Seth, for you, you know, you, if you play ball in high school or college or whatever it is, oh yeah, I miss it. I miss that one moment. But if you've been a world champion and you've you've really heard what that crowd is like and you've Pinnacle, known that moment of ecstasy and you've been a, million, a champion, right. yeah, that's where do you how do you replace that? And then you're always thinking. Just like you said before with Porter, and I don't, I don't buy that at all. But it's the same thought process with the video game. If I only, if I, if, if I played the other character, if this, if that, you see, with a bunch of guys, if a couple things I can strike, I can get another shot at the title. Just I need like this and that to fall in, and then, and you start thinking like that, and that's when it becomes dangerous. You know, um, like The Rock, the actor is a wrestler. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He doesn't need to go back to wrestling ever again. He right. makes these movies. He's worth millions and millions of dollars. Right. Once or twice a year, he goes back to wrestling. Right. Where else gonna, WrestleMania. Yeah. Where else are you going to get that twenty-five thousand or thirty thousand or fifty thousand people chanting and screaming for you? Right. You can't get that high anywhere else. No, exactly. Unless you're an author. <laughs> no, oh, you're, used, you're used to that, right? <laughs> Those book signings are fucking exciting. <laughs> the, the interns yeah. were fighting each other to get in, to Mark when in he came Boca, in. You're helping the lady out of a rocker. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's good. You're a mensch. Great. Um, yeah, no, it's it's deep, and what you touch on is obviously, and you've studied this. You're you're the opposite of me. What do you mean? You're, you're good looking. You're a lawyer, you right? I got coffee. You got beer, right? <laughs> you have coffee. I have beer. Usually, you be went the other to way how around. much school? I went to a lot of school. <laughs> I didn't. Um, but where you come from is a, um, it's like the psychology behind it. I'm neurotic. Yeah, so's Paulie. <laughs> <laughs> so's Paulie. <laughs> You know who I saw in the gym today at the oh. open workout? Ricky oh. Hatton. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Chubby, but not what, what he I'll was t- looking I'll like. tell you something that, that blew me away. Because I covered this kid in the 90s. I was in, I was in London last week. My kid's going to be a movie star. I got to brag. That's so awesome. I take her to school in, in London. I go to get a haircut. I start talking to a guy 
the barber don't, shop. Don't tell me you went to Champs. No, no, listen, I didn't oh. go to Champs. What's Champs? No, barber I, shop. But here, so here's the thing. So I'm talking, he says, when was the last time you were uh, in, in, in England or whatever? I said, I was here in the late 90s. I did a piece, a magazine piece on Nassim Hamed. Nassim Hamed was a little skinny kid. Have you seen pictures of this kid? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen pictures of this kid? I have not. He recently. makes me look He looks skinny. like 17, Nassim Hamed. He's about four <laughs> Peters. Yeah, he's, he's I'm, dead, I'm, I don't see how this could possibly happen. Yeah, and he's like 5'5". Five, five, yeah. <laughs> this, <laughs> he was such a savage, man. He was awesome. He was talented. I don't think, ultimately, I don't think that he had, you know, no, you know he's a fighter. He's, a, he's analogous to Paulie in a lot mackerel. of ways. He, he moves. He moves well. I don't think he was as courageous. No, he um, didn't want to like get in there. Paulie's willing. Paulie's willing to fight guys who could hurt him. Yeah, and we'll put that on the line. I don't think at the end of the day he got paid a lot of American he, money. He did by HBO a huge amount yeah. of money, especially for a guy who was what like a, a featherweight. Yeah, yeah one twenty right, and um. I don't think that I, I, th I think that the money ultimately made him less hungry. Mm -hmm. But I, I've you seen noticed that we, you can't him. podcast a picture, right? You can't. <laughs> what do you do? Go on Google. We guys, can tweet so. it out for. And you know for what? People. Well, uh, I don't uh, mean to pick on the guy, but that's a no. It's it's it, tremendous. It doesn't even look like the same person. And his wife is fucking drop dead gorgeous. Yeah, it's called wallet. <laughs> no, I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> but 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 you know something though. But that's another thing when you when you look at that picture. I, I, course leave it to me to when we're talking use a visual medium but well people can google where, no, but, but, like where, but where does but you ask where does that go what do you what the hell do you do with yourself Eat. drink that but no but that's the that's the downside that's when you don't know what the hell to do with you or, or you know you drink. eat you eat you know you drink and you wind up hey you know you try a little bit more in the bedroom a little bit here you have, wouldn't have these problems right you, you wind that's up right. like jake that's right <laughs> he's jake Ahmed. Look at that kid. Do a little less eating and a little more fucking. A little more. Yeah, that's right. A little less eating and a little more fucking. You wouldn't have these problems. Right. <laughs> you uh, fucking wacko. Call these fucking carrots. <laughs> he called those peas. No, what? more. More. <laughs> no, more. I'm, more. That's it. <laughs> more. You want to bother me about a steak? <laughs> Who's calling? Where's Mikey? Yeah, no, right. Where's just, Mikey? Uh, Flo just asked me. She said, you call yet? I said, no, he didn't call yet. Where is he? Mikey, let's try Mikey. Mikey likes it. No, Mikey. He'll call, Mikey <laughs> he'll call in a minute. Um, well, Paulie's got to fight because he has to defend the Brooklyn title. It's very yeah. important. <laughs> right. Brooklyn's <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Why did he defend against Peter? Because <laughs> Peter's 100 pounds out of his weight class. So it's a fair fight then. True. Like, it is. You just put like you, you, 30 second rounds. Peter's undefeated against cab drivers. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> no. Yes, I yes. am. Yes. Uh, do we, do we want to know this? <laughs> He's shit at What about to how are you in the Uber? No, Uber's division. are nice. They're nice. Really? Very nice. Right. Yeah. It's already paid for. The tip is you already hit, done. You didn't hit one Uber yet, have no, you? No, no, no. Nice. Oh, it's the little, uh, the little hurry up and fucking buy. Hurry up and buy. And the. They, you know, they tell you they don't want to go to Brooklyn when you're in Manhattan at four thirty in the morning. But I like this now with the new, the the, the new cabs with the credit card in. Boom, done. Just touch it, Bing, Bing. That's it. You're out. It's awesome. I kind of like that. If you're they want to take back? you where you want to go, yeah, you move he, back, Mark. He ain't moving back. I, I would, I would never move back to this, this <laughs> pigsty. And I'm sitting on on Eighth Avenue with my parents. I have two, you know, eighty something year old parents. Usually, oh, I, I come with my daughter. It's like. 
two two octogenarians and a teenager, like four Jews in a New York City apartment, <laughs> enough to drive you crazy. You know? <laughs> um, There's another sitcom idea right there. And I, I can't, but here's the thing. I realize um, I can't take humidity anymore. Yeah. I, I can't tell you. I'm not built for this. I'm, I'm so soft. It's not even... Like, my kid, if it's under 60 degrees... If it goes under 60 degrees, yeah. my kid actually thinks it's like a snow day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do I have to? Oh. It's so cold. It's, I'm, I'm, How I'm old so is she? Soft. She's 16. Wow. Perfect age, right? Well, I don't know. She's got a boyfriend. You got a gun in the house? I don't know. Maybe Paulie could take a visit. Maybe you and Paulie could. Hey, you just be no, I, re I really can Can I tell you something, yeah. though? I, I never thought this I I love this kid Yeah sometimes they bring home a good When you, you know, raise your kid right They bring home a good guy And you, you know I don't know if I raised him But I, I really the kid, he's, he's a nice kid He's he plays baseball He wants to be like a, a music critic he's, he's a nice kid Small kid Very smart That's cool Very smart Alright you got your blessing I think Who knows So far <laughs> There you are They're kids They're babies All right, 16 all right. I, I didn't have time To put my pants on at 16 I didn't know what I wanted <laughs> I would have fucked You just knew you wanted Your pants off right? Right. Hold on wait a second Wait a uh, second Here's the thing Uh oh We just got a text From Nick Turturro Uh oh <laughs> Speaking of raging bull <laughs> Breaking <laughs> news no, He had what? nothing to say uh, If he knew I was here He'd be texting Ask him about this Ask him about that Call him What are you doing You're gonna let the whole no block hear you Hey, fuck him. I'll kill them all. I'll kill the whole family. All right, so while we're waiting for Mikey, we can talk about some fights we didn't, kill, we didn't get to cover. Kill Paulie. Kill Salvi. <laughs> yeah, kill, kill me, me while you? you're at it. <laughs> Start here. Start with me. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. wait. You, you said you put you, you with them. You, you put you with them. Why would you? No, there's something to <laughs> you that, Joey. You with them. <laughs> you give me a lot of answers, Joey, but you're not giving me the right <laughs> answers. <laughs> Let me get out of this What's nut house. What's the say? The night, the yeah, night I took my cracker, I put it in the car door. <laughs> yeah, when I smacked him around all that, no, nah, I yeah. told you that. That was nothing. All right, what Tommy do we got? Tommy straightened it out. We got it, supposedly. <laughs> Suppose, that's the line. <laughs> supposedly. <laughs> you know, supposedly. Uh, um, what do you mean, good looking? How, do you, how does she know good looking? How when do you become know? an authority all of a sudden? All of a sudden you're an authority. <laughs> Can I get coffee? What? what okay, fights? go and take the baby inside. We got to we gotta, we gotta pay the bills, right? We're going to talk about some yeah. fights. Yeah, we, right. we start with the most recent one. We talk about Terrence Crawford fight. Oh, uh, what'd you think of that, Mark? I didn't see it. I was in London. I'm oh. just copping to the truth. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, no. You know, I didn't see it. Middle yeah. of the night over there. Um, it happens. I'm a I'm a boxing fanatic. Everybody but I tell like, you what, you the, guy, the guy like, the guy who we're about to speak to, um, really wants him. Mikey Garcia, uh, he lost him in the amateurs. I had a, a pretty, in all seriousness, now I had a pretty extensive conversation with him for this new online series, The Reveal Showtime. You can find that on YouTube as well. Please do. Um, we get paid by the views. Oh, so yeah, definitely no, don't click, on, we don't, you, click you, on it multiple times. No, you, you know, people just said, I'm not doing it then. Forget about it. But, <laughs> and I think that he, he wants he wants a title. When he comes back, it's been, he's been on the beach for like two and a half years. And he wants a title at, at 135, a title at 140. And he started talking about a title at, at, at 47. And he wow. thinks all of it's doable. You know, he, he's a pretty thickly he is. built kid. He, 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 is. Can, he can grow. He has that frame. And he has that, I believe, natural ability. He started um, so light, though. Yes. He thought it was 26? No, uh, 26 about that. Yeah. But he has... It's a funny thing. Of, 
of all the kids in that family, that's a boxing family, and, and that's oh, mostly and what we talked talked about. We talked about really his his father's journey. Um, you know, I mean, the guy must have. You talk about like the the the, the super sperm. Eduardo Garcia came over from Mexico, worked the strawberry fields in Oxnard. He, you know, passed on genes to two champions. And he trained, Robert, the and, trainer, and he now, trained Fernando Vargas. Right, and he trained. But but talk about guy got some pretty good genes. <laughs> yeah. um, and Mikey, mm-hmm. and, you know, um, the old man Eduardo is seventy one. Mikey is I think twenty seven, twenty eight now. Yeah. Um, and he, he, you know, he's just entering his prime. And I, he, he's been he sued top rank, so he's been inactive for basically, I think it's about it's about two two and a half yeah. years now. It cost him about a million bucks out of his own pocket, and. A time in his life, that in terms of uh, as an athlete, he will never get back. So I asked him, was it worth it? He says, yes. I said, why? He goes, you know, basically said the principle of it. And it's, it's an interesting point for a kid who's been raised by an immigrant father to make. All right. So, you know, we got to talk about something. Um, what do you got? You remember, I, I'm a little older than you, but when I heard the word Casper... I used to think of a friendly ghost. A friendly ghost, yeah. Yeah, Casper. Looked like um, the little uh, Pillsbury Doughboy. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's not, I guess they, 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 their idea was to get, make something so people weren't scared of ghosts anymore. But uh, now, you go on the subway, which you don't like to ride on, or if you see anything, you see that there's a new Casper out there. Casper Mattress, yeah. which we talked about in the past. I actually have one of these in my house. Uh, my son sleeps on it, Twin XL. I usually sleep on it with him because... I lay down the bed. Yeah. Yeah, and then I fall asleep before he does because a Casper mattress is so comfortable. (laughs) Oh, my God. I fall asleep. Maybe I'm really tired, too. I don't know. Losing my mind right now. But um, this mattress, it's like uh, memory foam, combines latex and and supportive memory foam. You know the best thing about having a memory foam mattress? Because I also have another memory foam mattress in the house. Not Casper, but I'm working on getting a king size Casper. Mm -hmm. You know, I got to save up some ducats. Although they're not very expensive for for a big a big mattress, I mean they're they're uh, they're nine fifty for a king. That's pretty good. That's awesome. You yeah, know. for a king memory foam, no bed bugs can live in memory foam. Oh wow. Yeah, you didn't. Know. People, they, they don't talk about that. That's very I innovative. I don't, they, I don't know if they want me to talk about, it, but I'm gonna say it. Yeah, no no bed bugs live in the memory foam mattresses. That's awesome. Yeah, because bed bugs are pretty disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Don't go to the movies in New York City, by the way. Right. <laughs> bed bugs all over that <laughs> shit. But yeah, they should get Casper chairs for the theater. That's good. That's a good idea. Maybe we should make them. Don't tell Casper. All right. So Casper mattresses. Uh, you get five hundred bucks for a twin size, six hundred for twin XL, which is what I have for my son. Uh, and uh, I got seven fifty for a full, eight fifty for a queen, nine fifty for a king. Buying a Casper mattress is completely risk free. They offer free delivery, free returns with a hundred night home trial. That means you can get the bed, sleep on it for three months. I'd be like, nah, this sucks. Me pissing and throwing up in it and all that. Like, <laughs> I don't know if they'll take that shit back. But <laughs> not, well, not from you, but from a normal person, they might take it back. A normal person that tries it out for 100 days. they, they uh, And it. then you get a fake ID, you send it to your friend's house, and then you get take it and you have another one. So just keep doing that, and you can just have a free bed for life. <laughs> <laughs> that work? No, it's probably a bad idea. Yeah, that's probably so bad. look, it's an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. Combines combines a springy latex and supportive memory foam, it creates an award-winning sleep service. They won an award for their bed. That's pretty cool. Got just the right sinks, just the right bounce. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. 
Wow. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Great publicity. <laughs> yes. It's awesome. Free shipping and returns in the U.S. and Canada. Try it 100 nights risk-free. It's made in America. You could use our promo code. All I was right? going to say, it, what, what do we got for the listeners? $50 off if you go to casper.com slash M. P-A-U-L-I-E-M, and you will get $50 off your mattress. That means you can get a king size for 900 bucks. Wow. That's pretty damn good. That's awesome. Yeah, and no bed bugs. No bed bugs. Um, so, yeah, um, definitely go to casper.com. Use a prom- promo code. Promo code. Paul E.M. Paul E.M. P-A-U-L-I-E-M. The winner. And um, that's it. I mean, it's Casper Mattress. What else can I say? Are you going to get one? You're married now, aren't you? I have to get one now. Yeah. You're sleeping on a regular mattress with bed bugs and shit? Yeah, no. The bed bugs usually like tickle my balls and shit. <laughs> oh, so you like the bed bugs. Yeah, I, my so, wife doesn't, so I'm going to go with the Casper. Yeah, I think it's time. It wasn't on your registry? Plus, she liked uh, she liked Casper, the, the ghost, you know. The friendly ghost? Yep. Yeah, it's nice. She loved it. All right, Casper mattress, Paul E.M. Go do it. Do it. Do it now. Yo! Hello, this is Mikey Garcia. Mikey, what's up, man? This is Peter Cards. You're on with uh, Mark Kriegel and Seth Nyman on Brooklyn to the World. How's everything going, champ? Everything's fine, thank you. What's up, buddy? Hey, Mark. How are you? Doing fine, thanks. We're just talking about we're talking about the uh, the piece we did. Um, I, I'm assuming you've seen it by now. Yeah, definitely, great piece, man. Thank awesome. you very much. I uh, really appreciate that. And he's a lot smarter than he looks, we, Mikey. We were <laughs> we were talking about you making a decision to take two and a half years off. That it was your decision, not your dad's, not your brother's. They were against it, suing Top Rank, and that you decided, no, I got to go ahead and do this, and it cost you a million bucks in two and a half years. So take us take us through that, if you will. Well, we um. Right before I actually filed a lawsuit against Top Rank, I had uh, discussed uh, my options with my brother and my dad, how I believe my contract was already up, mm-hmm. how I explained to them the language in the contract, and um, I we took meetings with uh, several attorneys. I spoke to a few uh, attorney friends that I know, uh, sports agent attorneys that deal with, with uh, similar contracts, um, one of them uh, deals and handles um, contracts for for NFL players, and so he he understood more of the language itself. And uh, I also talked to my former manager Cameron Duncan about it and how I believe my contract was up. He told me he would talk to his attorney, and uh, after he spoke to his attorney, he came back and told me that that I was 100% correct, that we were done, that we had no more contract or extensions with Top Rank, that his attorney told him I was free to, to go go forward and, and, you know, look for someone else. When we approached Top Rank and told and, and, and uh, asked Top Rank to either renegotiate with me because our contract was up, they said that it wasn't, that they believed that there was uh, an extension uh, applied when I asked for uh, their interpretation or, or for their uh, understanding of the contract and that extension, they just wouldn't give us any answers. They, they wouldn't give me any answers whatsoever to what that extension really meant or where they believe, you know, I was. So the next step was to, you know, file the lawsuit. I talked to a team of attorneys. 
um, Brian Friedman, Brian Turnauer, who handled uh, my legal case for me. And, uh, our, um, you know, it just little by little, it started to evolve. We wanted this to end soon. So I, I thought maybe by putting some pressure, filing a lawsuit, they would uh, come to an agreement with me. Either we renegotiate an agreement, a new contract, or, you know, we go legally, go through mediation, or work something out. But they just shut down every option, every opportunity that we had. They just turned it down, said no to us, and it just extended the period even longer. What, what I was telling Peter before we are trying to explain, and Seth, <clears throat> was that looking back, I don't think you imagined you would be out of boxing in your prime for two and a half years. Did you think that this was worth it? A million bucks out of your pocket in two and a half years, would you do it again? Look, if, if I could avoid it and I could, uh, you know, maybe uh, do something else that, that, that wouldn't be necessary, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I would probably try not to do it again if I, if I had the opportunity to go around it, work something out. But at, at that point, you know, I had no other options. I needed to prove a point. I, I, you know, just toughed it out. You know, I, I, I was, I didn't have any other more options. I needed right. to prove a point. I needed to stand my ground against the big company like Top Rank. And I'm actually very happy with the outcome. I mean, I, no other fighter has ever been, has been able to do what I did. I mean, other fighters have left the company, but either they buy their way out or they have to come to an agreement where they do fight by fight with them or uh, X number of fights or other other things. And I'm free, I'm clear, I'm out. And the money that I spent and money that I didn't make in the last two years, I know I'm gonna get that and some, you know, now that I'm gonna be back. So tell I, Peter and Seth what your record is now. 35 and no, 29 knockouts. <laughs> I've seen almost all of those fights. I'm a big fan. No, is it, one is it court victory. Yeah, one court yeah. knockout. What, yeah. what was your impression of the, the Terrence Crawford fight? Uh, Postal very, Crawford? Very Crawford? Crawford has all the skills, um, you know, and, and he's very talented. He stuck to the game plan. He boxed beautifully all night, you know, kept gave, giving Postal angles and was never a a fixed target you know he, he was out of the uh, danger zone you know he was he was just you know too quick for for postal well mikey you know what i noticed first of all congratulations on and welcome back because the, the sport Thank has you. definitely missed you i know i did um i'm like a boxing fanatic i order every pay-per-view and people were like you know why would you order crawford postal i'm like this is a <laughs> great fight <laughs> and i'm a boxing fanatic i'm gonna order everything right yeah um <clears throat> I was trying to explain to, you know, sometimes I have people that are, that are over that are big fans like me, and some are just casual fans, and I try to teach them. Um, when Postol was trying to cut off the ring, he kept giving Crawford the out, whether it was his right side or his left side, he kept giving him that out. He wasn't cutting off the ring properly, and I know he's not comfortable doing that because that's not him. But I was trying to say, like, you notice when Crawford would just, just bullshit pretty much with, like, jabs flickering and then give himself that space because Postal would back up, and then he would have that out even more. Like, Postal never sat his ground and tried to take a chance. You, did, you, did you see the same thing? I, I saw the same thing. Um, Victor Postal um, was not, I mean, was not able to do that. Also, because he, he's a little bit slower than Crawford. 
mm-hmm. and that uh, how that uh, allowed Crawford to to be able to uh, move around smoother. Um, Crawford also kept his right foot uh, outside mm-hmm. uh, Victor's uh, left, mm-hmm. and uh, that allowed Crawford to to have an easier way to uh, to exit. rotate and, and and exit exactly. Um, you know, Crawford is very very smart. He he was able to box the entire night with the same game plan. Hurt Postal a few times with some good punches, mm-hmm. um, but was never never too excited to go for the knockout because. If you if you got a little too excited, he could have also been hurt himself. And Postal was dangerous, so he stuck to the game plan. Well, a very good performance by by Terrence. Did you see anything in Terrence Crawford's performance that you could use that you could exploit? Well, obviously, I'm not gonna just chase him around. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, I'm gonna cut the ring off. You know, I'm a, the I'm right way. <laughs> the right way, exactly. I think. Uh, He'll have uh, maybe a, a different uh, style than 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 when you know when he fought Postal because I'm I'm not tall like Victor Postal so he might be actually willing to exchange a little more with me. Um, he's taller than me so uh, he might be feeling a little more comfortable standing in front of me. Um, but if he decides to to box and and, and run around um, like like he did with Victor or like he when he when we fought in the amateurs that's how he did he he was fighting as a southpaw. We fought one time as an amateur in the U.S. Championships, and that's all he did. He fought the entire night as a southpaw, all three rounds or four rounds, whatever it was, and just ran around the entire the entire time. But you know, I, I didn't have much time to to really you know set forth a, a game plan. I mean, it was only three or four rounds and only two minute rounds. Now we got twelve rounds, three minute rounds, no headgear, small gloves, different story. Oh yeah, definitely, Mikey. That was one of the things I was getting to before you came on the line. Is that you know, you didn't have too many. You have no losses as a pro, and not too many as an amateur. But one of them was to Terence Crawford, and I got the impression, speaking to to you a few weeks ago, that was something in the back of your mind that you want to set right. Am I correct? Well, he's the man right now, and I, I always want to go after whoever's the man. And uh, if if the opportunity was to be offered, and and he's there, and and I'm at 140, and it's a fight that makes sense for everybody. Of course, I would take on that opportunity, especially because we did have one fight as an amateur. Um, like I said, after the first round, he was already up four points. I remember clearly my dad telling me in the corner, "You know what? We're chasing him. We're not supposed to do that. We're falling into his game plan." And I, my re- my response to my dad, I replied, "Look, Dad, he's already up four points. You mm-hmm. think he's gonna have to get close? He's not gonna get close. Right. He's working the system. So I need to go out there and try to land something big and try to knock him down. You know, hurt him." And I did. I tried to keep, you know, coming forward. I kept throwing punches, trying to hurt him. But he, he kept, you know, staying on the outside, fought very, very smart, and kept uh, outpointing me. Um, but, uh, like I said, it's, it's a different thing in the pros. So I have more opportunities, more time, and, uh, you know, it, it will definitely be a great fight. So, so let me let me ask you this. Well, the change, the change was made now. So you went from top rank... To the, to the well, money team. I mean, well, it makes it a thing. little difficult, well, let me, right? Let me ask the next question of the, the, the new CEO of Mikey Garcia Promotions, <laughs> okay? So Crawford is obviously promoted by Top Rank. Can you do business with Top Rank? Because I know it's a fight that you want. Uh, how, how do you promote that fight? Look, we uh, we definitely would have to uh, co-promote that, that fight, mm-hmm. that event. Um, I'm willing to do it if, if it's uh, if it's the fight that that needs to happen 
Um, the only thing is, I don't know if Top Rank is willing to work with me. Yeah, don't I, don't I, hold your breath, Mikey. Uh, yeah. It took it took Floyd and Pacquiao five years to get in there. It took them, yeah, it took <laughs> them six years, you know, and, and and they were making you know hundreds of millions of dollars. But you know what the good thing is? Uh, yeah, but everything who left, every everyone who left Bob Arum made a ton of money. Oscar <laughs> Floyd. Money. But but here's <laughs> the, here's the thing. I I don't I don't sense like you. You're the guy who should have the most bad blood and ill feeling. I feel that that you feel you got away, you walked away with your pride and a win, and money's money, and you can you're coming back as a co-promoter, not not a fighter. Look, I, I got I got probably the biggest satisfaction beating mm -hmm. top rank, making them fall, making them throw in the towel, than I did when I won my world titles. <laughs> wow, wow, good for you. Yeah. And, for you. and your brother still does business with you yeah, know business is business yeah, my brother still does business and it's, it's a business thing you know um it's not personal it's, it's only business you know but uh all I the have, gangsters have, say that <laughs> <laughs> but look it, 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 i do have a lot of satisfaction with this because like for, for me for this mexican kid you know who boxing who who uh doesn't have a whole lot of education like like Bob Arum top ranked the biggest company in boxing with you know 50 years of experience or, or more and who have done great things for the sport with all these careers and to make them fold to make them give up you know legally you know is that's that's a, that's a big thing for me that's a big accomplishment for me you know this little Mexican kid does does this you know I was working with a team of attorneys you know, a great team of attorneys, but a lot of the stuff was also done my way. I was very involved. I, I organized and arranged a lot of the things, you know, through my attorneys. I told them what to do, how to do things, how to position myself in certain ways, what not to say, what to say. You know, a, a lot of things were, were, were done directly with me um, and, and by my mouth. And you can, you know, confirm that with, with Brian Friedman and Brian Turnauer. They'll tell you, you know, that I'm, I'm very, very good. They actually recommend that I... I go into law school and, and, you know, practice law after boxing because they could just see and, and understand, you know, where I'm coming from, how I'm doing things. I analyze a lot of things. So that it was just a great victory to finally get, get the result that I wanted and, and know that top rank needed to, to fold, needed to give up. They couldn't handle me. Would you call that like a, like a body shot stoppage? <laughs> it, it probably was a, a left hook to the liver. Right. <laughs> You know, it, it it's a. I think you know you, you're playing that like oh, I'm just a Mexican kid. I know from speaking to your brother, and and I I see in in the piece and I see now always. Yours is 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 an immigrant saga. Your father came here, and you're the head of your own business now, um, by litigation and 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 by strategy, and by very hard work. Where do you see this going, beginning with Saturday night? It's only the beginning. I mean, this this is only the beginning of, of much greater things. The The biggest stage of my career, the best stage of my career is, is, is yet to come. All the, 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 stuff, the stuff that I accomplished before, you know, the two world titles and two divisions, is just a small taste, a small glimpse of what what's uh coming next and and i i think uh my my name my my last name you know my my dad wanted you know something big for us and and little by little we've been uh able to accomplish more and more in the sport of boxing and uh my brother is, is doing very well and i'm a, i'm gonna be you know helping out 
cement that that last name for 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 the ages. I think uh, people are going to remember the uh, Familia Garcia for for many many years. For for many years, and, and your father has built basically the a house of Garcia. I was telling Peter and Seth before, your father came over here and worked his ass off in those strawberry fields in Oxnard, and, and we went out there. And I, I got a chance to look at what it was like to, to, to work hunched over for 12, 14 hours a day for le very little money. <clears throat> and I want to ask you, same question I asked you before, because I'd like to put it on the record as, as many people to hear it as possible. When you hear politicians like Trump talking about building a wall, I'm wondering, as an American, how the hell that makes you feel when your family's built this? Look, this country... In, in, in most every way, you know, turns by by immigrants. You know, this country is made up by immigrants, and the the work that that you see in the fields, you know, and, and not only strawberry fields, but just any any vegetables, any any produce, you know, any hard labor work like that is done by immigrants, and uh, you need them. You cannot, you know, deny the fact that you need them. You don't. You do not see any white man or, or or black man or asian working those strawberry fields you will never see that so uh, you will need the immigrants you do need the mexicans the latinos the hispanics who come looking for that american dream and you know in a way they're providing for others you know to to be able to go home and have a nice you know meal a nice dinner because they pick that vegetable that fruit that you're about to consume. And when, when Trump talks about building the wall and how he's going to get rid of all the immigrants and all this, it just makes total, it's just nonsense. It, it, it makes no sense whatsoever because you do need us. And people will not understand that until, you know, we do something. And very easily, if you get rid of all the, all the immigrants who do this work, your salad and your you know, vegetables, your food, where is it going to be, where, yeah. who's going to be picking, where is it com coming from, are you going to grow your own stuff now, um, here in New York, I don't see any fields around here, you know, any, anywhere close by, you know, you, you you won't be able to do anything. So, I just think that it's un-American, I just think that, you know, your is. family is the, is the quintessential American saga, I thought that that's un-American, un going out to the fields with you just... And, and not only, you know, because it's where we lived, you know, firsthand with my family, but, you know, a lot of families can relate to, to immigrating to the United States and having a dream and working your ass off until you finally accomplish some level of success for you and for your family and for your kids. You know, everybody, I'm here walking around New York and you see all the different ethnicities, all the different, you know, races. That is the American dream. The all, you're all immigrants, you know one generation or, or two or three behind, you know, you were all immigrants. So that is, that's, that's part of being American, you know? Yeah. That's part of the, of the American culture. Let me ask you, where you, you, one other thing you talked about in our interview was wanted to go up to 47, and you mentioned one... Wait a second. Hold what? On. Can I say something? Go ahead, go. Jesus Please. Christ. <laughs> Do you know, that, did you ever hear Hillary talk about building a fence? No. And not a wall? No. Yeah, she did. When? It's on. It's all over the place. I don't start. 
right. just saying. All just right, saying. I know. Don't start. You know, all politicians. I wasn't are the same. Uh, uh, I, I, I can't get it. I can't get well, into look, the look, Trump thing. If you haven't, if you guys haven't gone over to to the border, there's already a fence, but there's also tunnels and right, ladders. right. Of El Chapo oh. has a, has tunnels everywhere. <laughs> there's, there's 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 everything. So I mean, even if you do build a wall, I mean, we'll find our way to get out here. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Mexicans are stubborn, there's, there's, man. They ain't gonna there's, sit there. There's a quick uh, joke that, that uh, sometimes I don't know if you've ever heard it, but um, why, why is it that the Mexican team never does well in the Olympics? When, when, they, when they go to the Olympics, the Mexican team, um, runners, swimmers, high jumps, you know, all, all these in the Olympics, all the games, they never do well. They never medal. Do you know why? Why? Because the fastest runners, the highest jumpers, and the strongest swimmers are already in the United States. <laughs> okay. So we'll uh, find a way. That's great. Uh, we'll you go on. You ask the next question. No, you already set up. You were no, set up. Crawford, you said. Uh, well, uh, 47? I was, no, we're talking about, you know, talk about 47. And, 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 and you mentioned a couple names of 47, one in particular. Um, well, and, and you fought him. You fought. He's a champion, and you fought him in the amateurs, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're Danny Garcia. He, he's a welterweight champion right now. Um, we fought in the amateurs one time, uh, Golden Gloves. I uh, happened to beat him uh, in, in the in the in the semifinal. I think it was of, of the tournament. Um, very good fight, close fight. It was a three to two uh, split decision victory for me. Um, but he's he's gotten you know one right now. He's at one forty seven. Um, if I later happen to uh, be comfortable moving up to one forty seven, and he's available. Then I would definitely, you know, have another fight with him. He's 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 a great champion. He's had a great amount of success, and you know, it would be a, a terrific fight for me. Mikey, what do you think about forty-seven? Though is that a little too much? I, I like. What were you? You started at one twenty-six. Yeah. Yes. You it, it you stood very fun. briefly at one thirty. Then you went to one thirty-five. Yeah. Well, I I feel comfortable right now. I think I think right now my best uh, division my, to to be campaigning in will be the lightweight right. and possibly uh, 140 pound super lightweight divisions. But um, for the right fight with the right opponent, you know, 147 wouldn't be a bad a bad decision. Um, Danny Garcia is a former 140 pounder. Yes. Now he's at 147. Um, but a fighter like himself, I think I can I can uh, you know in in a very positive way move up. And putting the weight the right way, you know, and and you know, like I said, maybe a year or two from now, if he's still there, and it's a fight that 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 interests me and and everybody else, and we could definitely do that. You can yeah, also absolutely. you can also do, uh, you know, it's an interesting fight, Broner, if he can stay out of trouble. <laughs> no, I'm saying that that's a really, as, as a fight, it, it's a very interesting proposition. Great fight, man! That would be awesome, you know, if we could work something out, you know, but. Like you just said, he just has to stay out of trouble. I mean, I don't know what what the deal is with him. I don't I don't know him personally, but it seems like he's always getting in some sort of trouble. And all right, let's he, say let's say he doesn't stay out of trouble. Could you fight him in the yard? <laughs> yeah, then, then how are we gonna make some money? We gotta make money. They can get cameras there. They can do they the pay per view. They can get pay per view there. If you can get the pay per view there, I think that would probably sell the most pay per view. So let's do that. I think so. I think you're right. I'll, I'll go in. I'll go in as a guest. I, I won't get in trouble today. Exactly. <laughs> You'll visit him. I'll visit him. That's great. I'll definitely pay for that. <laughs> Me too. Tell us about your opponent Saturday night. 
I know a lot about his opponent. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm fighting. I'm fighting Elio Rojas. He's a Dominican, former WBC featherweight champion. I was ranked in the top five when when he was champion. So I, I had my eye on him at that time because I, you know, I thought maybe we could fight for the title and challenge him for the title. He ended uh, losing his title to Johnny Gonzalez, who's a great champion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went over and, and fought for the WBO title against Salido, who I took the title from. Mm-hmm. But um, Elio Rojas, yeah, I, I know him. He, he's talented. He's skillful. He's got good boxing skills. You know, he likes to use his, his distance, his reach, the the right hand. He likes to look for that right hand. Um, he's got the experience, so. I also know that he's been out for almost two years, so we're almost the same, you know, as far as inactivity. Um, I expect him to be very hungry and motivated, and he knows that there's a lot of uh, focus and attention on me right now, and if he wants to change that and make a name for himself, well, he, this is a great opportunity for him. This is the best thing that, that could have happened to him, and I really want him to, to come, you know, with that mentality and that mindset because that will allow me to, you know, bring the best out of me. You know, on, on Saturday night. You guys are very similar in a sense. Um, I know Elio from Gleason's gym. Paulie was, you know, we were in there every day. And, and I remember when he came over from Dominican Republic, he didn't speak any English. And no, like uh-huh. you said, he's a good fighter, you know, but he ended up, I believe, signing with Don King. And that's, yeah. that's like, you know, you might as well just quit and hang up yeah. your gloves. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are very similar in that point because he's, he's around your age, maybe a little older. And yeah, I think so. Yeah, so you know he he had to sit out and play that waiting game too, you know, and it sucks because you you're missing out on money, you're missing out on uh, keeping yourself relevant, you know. So he, of course he is, you know, this has to be motivating to him that he's getting in there with you. I just my personal opinion, you have something like um, explosiveness to you that I think he doesn't have, and I well, think that's he, the difference. He, he's definitely got his skills, and and I think his game plan, from what I've heard in some of the interviews. He believes that I'm slower than he is, and you know maybe he could box and and, and outbox me, you know, Saturday night. But um, you know what? I I know I'm prepared for for whatever Elio Rojas shows up on Saturday. I'll make the right adjustments. Um, um I got well-rounded boxing skills, and and I got very good sparring partners. And you know, I, I think it's gonna be a great fight, man. I think it's gonna be a very good fight. He he should be hungry just like I am, and that that's you know, always a good recipe for, for a great fight. You think Absolutely. you knock him out? Well, I never like to predict that. It's never about the knockout, but, you know, most of my fights do end up, you know, going going out earlier than, than 12 rounds. I've only been 12 rounds once. This site is scheduled for 10. But um, I think I, if, if the right, you know, opportunity comes and, and, and I hurt him enough, I'll definitely go for the knockout. That's it. Mikey Garcia, everybody. Thank you, Mikey. Mikey, we don't want to keep you, man. I know you're making weight and you're doing your thing. A ton of interviews. I saw you at the gym. So uh, get some rest, man. Thanks for Always, coming thanks, on. Man. Always. Pleasure. All right, champ. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Nice that we had uh, Mikey Garcia on, huh? Very nice. Very That's nice. great. He's a good, good kid, man. Intelligent kid. He, he blew me away when I when I saw a whole family's journey. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you see, you see him and his father. You know, the father's seventy-one years old and looks great he, too. He, right, 
you, you see that's the way the American dream is supposed to work. That's yeah. what, you know, your, your kid's a champion, your kid's the CEO of his own promotional company. It's pretty good for guys working in the fields. Yeah, absolutely. Hello? There he is. Champ? What are you doing? Oh. What's the good word? What's the good word? We just got off of Mikey Garcia. What's going on? You're on the air in the hottest boxing podcast in the world. That's right. Of course. What's going we know, on? We know this already. We speak facts. I'm good. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, that's Mark. That's we, we were talking about uh, your bad girlfriend, boxing. <laughs> and how, how's, that, how's that coming along? We, we're doing okay until we started with Trump. <laughs> what do you mean? Okay. I mentioned that? something about Trump, and I, I hate Trump, and he's on America. I don't know, but I think Peter was going to make a comeback for a second. <laughs> you know. Bro, we're on with Mikey Garcia. He goes, how does it feel being Mexican when you hear someone like Trump? I'm like, wait, it's, first of all, he's it, American. It pissed me off. No, but, but being a Mexican-American, it's I think it's an insult. But whatever. It's, I think it's insulting. But, 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 and Mikey was very outspoken in our interview. Yeah, yeah. What did he say? He thought it was a disgrace. He said the country would never survive without, you know, the immigrants that, that built a lot of it, which he is right. right. You know, yeah, he, he is right. And then Peter started with Hillary or something. You have to understand what the times we're living in, though, too. Yeah, and then I said, you know, Hillary wanted to build a fence. Yeah. She just didn't want to call it a wall, you know? Yeah, of course. That was, that was, that was the issue. Crooked, lying bitch. Yeah. Oh, Mark's got to stay for the, 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 the rant episode. How's Mikey feeling? Uh-oh. <laughs> Where'd he go? He just cut. He just dropped. Uh, he dropped. Yeah. He, he started talking about Clinton. He got sick no. and he hit the button. <laughs> he threw up. See that? You cook oh, it too oh. long, it defeats his own purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I didn't know. I thought. Yeah. I was like, oh. you like, oh fuck you. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's a good question. But you know what I noticed? But he. But but he. But you had to see the we win the fields. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, fucking go to war. It's fucking insult. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know. So. Yeah. Pete gets upset very easily. Pete gets upset. Uh, give me the finger. Yo. What's the good word? Why you hang up on me? You hung up on yourself. You got to be more entertaining, man. Right on. Yeah, you so what, what, what did Mikey say about the fight? Is he excited to be back? What's going on? I mean, he is. Me you know, he, he is. He, uh, he talked about how, you know, because Mark, Mark had done a piece on him, obviously. So, talking about how he, he put up his own money, you know, and and lost out on two and a half years uh, of his prime but and a million bucks and a million bucks and he said it, you know not not that he would be so happy to do it again he would love to have have worked it out you know but uh that it, that was like his his sometimes, biggest you know what that is? sometimes that's called an investment in your career you know yeah I mean, well he said it, it was actually beating uh top rank was better than he said it was a better feeling than, yep. than winning a world title yeah. the yeah. irony is that he can go back and fight terence crawford and be a co-promoter with Aram now. Yeah. <laughs> but he'll be entitled to more money. Right. Yeah, exactly. A lot more. He actually counts uh, the win over top rank in his record now. He's 35-0, and 0, 29 knockouts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, That's awesome. In his mind, it was a KO win? I said, I said, would you call it like a body shot? And he was like, yeah, definitely a left hook to the liver. Wow. How you doing? How you feeling? I'm all right. I'm making weight. You know, miseries. Tomorrow will be more the most miserable day. Thank you. And the weigh-ins, what time? On Friday? Friday, 1 o'clock? When is what time? What time's your weigh-in? Friday, 1 o'clock? Uh, no, 12 o'clock. 12? Yeah, but they'll probably weigh the main event guys first, so by the time they get to me. Yeah, but we've been through this how many times? 12 o'clock, you're going you're gonna to see a doctor, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. You're yeah. going to get on the scale at 1 o'clock. 
Yeah. What's the worst part of the uh, the the morning of the weigh-in? Or the worst part? Yeah. What are you doing, Henry? Again. The worst part is tomorrow and the morning of the weigh-in. Yeah, of course, you have to. You have no choice. You got to make the weigh. You have no room for error. Well, the you night before, right? It's hard to sleep. And you said you got you got an extra pound. Are you gonna? You think you're gonna use that extra pound or what? No. No, you want you want to be legit. You want to be legit forty-seven. Here's why I don't mind gonna use the extra pound because New York rules any any anything above one hundred forty-seven pounds you use ten ounce gloves. And I know I'm not known as a puncher, but I want to be able to use eight ounce gloves. So uh, hopefully, hopefully uh. Tito comes in also at a forty-seven or under and. Uh, we're both able to fight with uh, eight ounce gloves and uh, not the ten ounce gloves. That's the intention of coming in at the weight. What's the first thing you do after you get off the scale, food wise? No, you oh. drink first. Drinking food. Link, liquid wise, Pete's got usually a Gatorade waiting for me or a PLA or whatever he's got in his hands. You know, he'll pass it down to me. We bring a cooler to the to the weigh-in. You know, my team uh, prepares Pete prepares it in ice and whatnot, and we just I just start drinking. I just start hydrating because I'm really dehydrated at that point. Pete's hydrating right now on the Corona. <laughs> corona. It sure is. Yeah, we're still waiting for that Corona he check. Specializing in those in those hydration processes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually dehydrated every morning. <laughs> And then you and then you proceed to hydrate. Thank you. All right, Paul. You see, Paul, you did mention uh, um, 2016 or maybe early 2017 would be the last time you fight. Do you think you're going to be able to stick to that? I'm going to try to. I mean, I see intention. I think you know I have a plan in my mind that I think I can execute it or, or at least attempt to execute it uh, in the time frame that I have allotted myself. So we'll see. Pete thinks. <coughs> yeah, Pete thinks you're full of shit. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean. You know, we'll see. I mean, first, well, things have to go. Things have to go certain ways. Obviously, what about when she comes back and tempts you again? Well, that's the problem. Boxing is always tempting, but at a certain point, it's it's you know, if I've if I've accomplished what I'm wanting to accomplish, that's the thing. I mean, it's about the opportunities. The opportunities are not going to present themselves if you're uh, if you're um, you know not performing. So it's all. It's really ultimately it's up to me performing. So let me ask you this: What do you need? What do you think you need to walk away happy, contented, so Pete doesn't have to break your balls anymore? Um, a third world title, and so obviously some more money. But you know, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, that 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 would be the intention. I mean, I, I, when I say world title, I would have to make super lightweight. I don't think the way when it make win a world title, world weight, and to make super lightweight, I don't even know if that's a guarantee that I can make the weight. So. About. I just haven't given it enough thought because I've been focused on this fight. I've given it mild thought, but I just don't want to look over this fight first, you know? And how did your training go? How was the camp uh, compared to your other previous camps? Camp was good. I mean, we worked hard. We sparred down there in Florida. Um, it was hot, so we got the weight down a lot better than we anticipated. Even though it's miserable, it's still, you know, the weight came back, came off. You know, so we, we've done good. You feel good. You feel strong. We've been training with a guy, Luis... Yeah. Um, from down okay. Luis Perez. Luis Perez from uh, Miami, real good guy. I got to get to know him the last few days, and they really did a lot of hard work down there. The sparring partners. Um, we had a few. Obviously, you mentioned uh, Amiri Mom. You worked with. Um, we had uh, Jordan. Yeah. Jordan is a Cuban. From yeah. Ten and zero. Boy in the tunnel. Really Ah, uh, you're cutting out on us. What the hell? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. 
Let's talk until he comes back. When you come back and you, we can hear you talk again. <laughs> so Paulie's gonna pull double duty uh, on yeah. Saturday. He's gonna fight. And he's, he's gonna, gonna fight. He's fights. coming back. I know the real fucking capitalist. <laughs> no, it's, it's they need him on that on that team, good. that broadcast team. Absolutely. Who are you, some of, Mark? Who are you, you? You've been a boxing fan. You both, of you guys, a long time. Who are some of your favorite broadcasters in the history of boxing? I mean, Howard Cosell's an obvious pick. Paul Malnagy. <laughs> I, I think I think Paulie's great for the for the reasons we spoke about before because he sees the mathematics of the fight and the way that a guy could just go in and knock you out couldn't. <clears throat> I thought <clears throat> always a great, great blow by blow guy was Marv Albert. I don't think you get better play by play, blow by bow in any sport than Marv Albert. He's the best like straight guy like that I, I, I recall. Marv Albert? Marv Albert, yeah, you PBC? haven't seen him do it in a million years. No, but he does it he does it now, doesn't he? The PBC. For the PBCs, but, but you know, I, I, I don't know. He, he get, maybe he's just old now because he doesn't get the names I'm old right. Now. You know, he's he's like all fucked up. You're talking about back in the day on regular TV, you call it fights, right? Regular TV. Right? That's what they call it. I, I, right? I Not cable. That's you know, you know I mean. you're really old. 247. Yeah, you know, like regular <laughs> TV. Two, you know. Channel 13. Yeah. I try to explain to my daughter. Like, I put like a flat screen TV in her room, and she don't watch it. I'm like, why? I don't understand. Why? You know, she just sits there with the phone, the yeah, computer, yeah, the phone, phone shit, everything. Yeah. Yeah. The phone. Well, who are the best, then? Uh... It's tough to say, to be honest. Uh, Do you know who's underrated? Uh, I thought Foreman was a great analyst on on HBO. Oh, I didn't. He, he was I all did right. Not. He was all right. Because I, I remember when... I, I heard him say really good things, and I heard him say... The yeah, I mean, he would say some thing. wacky things. Well, I, I yeah, liked Larry. Like, I thought Larry was great. Oh, I can't stand that. Why? Larry Merchant? Oh, I thought Larry was great. So, Larry was serving. Disrespectful to yeah. the fighters. Well, how he made he it about because he made it about him in the interview instead of about the fighter. Yeah, it was yeah. about him. He'd get mad if they were talking about their family. Or Always like, comparing everybody to oh, Leonard would have got him out of there. All right, he's not Leonard. Just call the fucking. I fight, disagree, you know? but I'm prejudiced because he 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 was a um, a great ex newspaper man. I just oh, I, I love yeah. the guy. He definitely had a he's a love him or hate him kind of guy. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Well, no one was more love him or hate him than Cosell, and I think that Cosell. On balance, did did the sport a, a, a great service? Right, in see, a lot of respect. But look at the way, and even though, and, and he made and he made a a vocation, a profession out of being hated. Right, but but even all the guys that we just mentioned, aside from Foreman, mm -hmm. uh, even Lampley, these guys, uh, Merchant, uh, mm -hmm. Cosell, they weren't commentators in a sense, like analysts. They're commentators. They're, They're gonna play by play guys. Right, an analyst is. George Foreman, Paulie. Sugar, I like, Sugar Ray Leonard. Right. I like Andre Ward. See, you know what's funny? I think Sugar Ray Leonard tries too hard. But I he, really do. It doesn't come off naturally. Well, because he took a long Andre break. He took Ward, a long break, too. Back but, in the but, day, but he was a, pretty good on there's HBO. A, there's a, you know, you make an interesting distinction between an analyst and, and something else, which is, I guess, kind of what I do. If, if, but if, if I call a fight and I'm getting too involved in the particulars and the strategy... I'm failing. I mean, my job, and I think that... <clears throat> you're supposed to set it up for the guy, right? You're telling a story. And, and the reason why the, the, the strategy isn't interesting to me as much as the story is and how, the, how the, the story is reflected in the strategy. It's one of the reasons why talking or writing about Tyson was very interesting because it really... Tyson wasn't about the strategy. It was about the psychology. About what was going on in the guy's head, yeah. and 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 that's why I mean that that's why I'm, I'm I'm drawn to boxing. That's why I like talking about boxing. That's why I like commentating on boxing. It's not the 
it's not the blow by blow. It's not. It's not. And you raise you raise some really interesting points before in, in your conversation with Mikey. You're getting down to where is your foot? Is it outside or inside the other guy's foot? Where should it be? How do you cut off the ring? That stuff is interesting. But ultimately, what you're talking about in boxing is a violence mm-hmm. and b the fear of humiliation, and that makes it good for not. I mean, if you want to call me an analyst, it, it's the storyteller. Uh, that's right, uh, you know, right. High drama. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, that's what it is. And Cosell, you know, I don't even know. You know he, he wasn't an analyst in that technical sense. Not exactly. He right. didn't talk boxing. But it was it was the Whoa, story. It was where goes, this thing yes. fits he in. He made it very serious and very very big. You know, and that's why I like Moro also. Moro who does mm-hmm. it with Paulie. He has, a, he, he has an energy about him, though. He makes it exciting. Moro That's does why, have an energy. Yeah. That's why the WWE hired him. Of course. <laughs> and I think, well, because he was doing wrestling. Uh, he was yeah. doing Japan wrestling yeah, on yeah. Axis TV. Mm-hmm. He's, and he calls UFC, too. He's great. He's great at all of them. He just he brings this excitement to it. I get, I get pumped when I listen to him talk about sports. Absolutely. So Especially cool. when he says the word stanza. <laughs> As we get into the seventh stanza of this fight, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Oh, mamma mia! <laughs> That's like an Italian. Our stanza is like yeah. your room. Like, well, he's, is he he's, is. he's one of your boys. He is, he is. Yeah. Through so, and through. It's a stanza, it's a poem. <laughs> You're on your, what, third stanza? Yes. <laughs> About to be on my fourth. <laughs> Thank All right, you. so let's, um, uh, I don't know, I think Paulie's gone. So let's talk about uh, the, the rest of that card that's coming up at the 30th at the Barclays. You're going to the fights? Yes, I am. All right. You're going to the I fights? I, I'm going to be working. Yeah, I don't have a choice. Yeah, yeah. you're going to be there. We're going to watch the fights afterwards, too. <laughs> yes. Frampton or Leo? That's the question. I'll tell you what, man. To me, as an athlete, <laughs> Frampton has more attributes. But can you deal with fucking Leo? I mean... His pressure, his a thousand punches. He's like a mini margarito, and it, it drives people insane. They can't they can't deal with that pace. You know, it's one thing I saw him do early on too in one of his fights. I, I just thought it was amazing. He throws a hook and he gets all the way around to like the back of your body. <laughs> yeah. His arms are so long, he's yes. like hitting you in the liver. But, in the back. but I, I, I'm a big believer in, and even though he, he's a, he's a volume puncher, he's got seven inches of reach on Frampton, and and that's a lot, and and. I saw, you know, in the in the um uh why can't they get the last fight? Um the great fight he had in, in LA. Oh, uh, Santa Cruz versus Abner Morris. Morris, yeah. Great um, fight. You know, he worked that jab well. Mm-hmm. And 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 Abner came out like to rush him and he didn't let him and he established a distance and he closed the distance and threw all those punches and the in the body shots when he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, he so out, I I just think that I I think that He's a, he's longer, and he'll know how to use that, and he'll decide when he wants to make it a close fight. And B, he's naturally bigger too. You know, he's he's yeah. a little like one of those small divisions mm-hmm. bigger. So I mean, maybe he's not quite the athlete, but I, I I've got to go with Leo for this. Yeah, no, I mean the the betting odds will tell you to go that way also. Um, but you know, what are, what are the odds in that card. fight? Uh, I haven't checked, but he I think, I think he's like. He's he's favored, you know. I always I always yeah. like taking a underdog who's undefeated. It's always I always feel like yeah, it's a good of idea. Course. I mean, they're gonna give it their all. That's for sure, and I I can't wait for that. Um, you know, that's that you that's one of of many good fights in, on that that uh, card. So obviously, Paulie's on there. We got uh, Mikey Garcia, who's just on, is on there. It's really gonna be a good show. Well, I, let's put you on the spot. How do you think Paulie's fight's gonna go? Uh, unanimous decision. You think he'll win? Uh, what eight nine rounds? 
Yeah, 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 absolutely. And you're familiar with his opponent, right? He's yeah, a yeah I, guy know too. I know him forever. Yeah, he's a he's a friend. I just saw him at the public workout, and he was like, you know, I love you guys. You know, it is what it is. I said, hundred percent. I'll buy you a beer. Those guys ever spar or anything in the past? I, I don't think they ever did. No, I don't think they ever did. No, uh, it could have easily happened, sure. but it just maybe just one of those things that didn't happen. And he had a surprising big knockout his last fight. Yeah, he <laughs> he stepped in for us. We were supposed to fight Danny, right, O'Connor, and. Uh, Tito stepped in and, and got one of those sick knockouts that you don't see all the time. We just clicked the switch and, uh, you know, Danny was out first round, first 30 seconds, whatever. But it happens, you know, and he's not even known for power. So that just shows you that you don't play boxing. That's for sure. You know, I'm looking forward to uh, coming in next week and celebrating a win for Pauly. Uh, Absolutely. A lot of health as well as, you know, Mark, you showed express concern about guys fighting too long. So, we you know, we hope uh, guys. I don't I don't think that's the, the case with him. I just think that it's like For this what? mistress that you can't give up. And when is it? When's it, enough enough? And it's not, you know, it's not like an, you, you don't play boxing. Well, we sat in this same room here after the Garcia fight and Pete said, no, you're not fighting anymore. It's over. You're done. And like, and he's and you could see the little doubt in him. Like he doesn't know if he wants to be done yet. So ultimately, it's his decision, right? At the end right. of the day. Right. So you know, we hope uh, it, it doesn't have to be forced upon him that he makes the right decision at the right time for him. Exactly. Yeah. Mark, thanks Mark, so much, man. You're the man, fellas. It was a pleasure. We had a great time. You got to get back on. You got to get Nick. Nick Peter, Dutoro I got. Uh, we'll, we'll do I have one thing to tell you. Well, in all seriousness, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to take offense. Go ahead. Cook it too long, it defeats his own purpose. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. If you overcook it, it's no good. Like a piece of charcoal. Bring it over. Oh. <laughs>